Welcome to Salt and Light with Pastor Rodney Finch. Salt and Light is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel, Cary. Jesus, speak to me. Open your word and reveal your heart to me. Salt and Light is a series of verse-by-verse studies through the Bible, focusing on its practical application to our everyday lives. Salt and Light is recorded live at Calvary Chapel, Cary, in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned. At the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us, so be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Rodney will be teaching from the book of 2 Samuel, chapter 14. So grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney. This woman tells David the story and David's heart is probably touched because he has two sons and their situations, did y'all pick that up, are similar. David said, go to your house and I'll take care of it. The woman said, no, king, if you do this, then you'll be guilty. Let it be done or let it be on me. And David said, I'm the king. And if anybody has anything to say, bring them to me. Well, then in verse 11, she said, please, king, remember the Lord your God and do not permit the avenger of blood to destroy any more or they'll destroy my only son. Now, listen, I think we talked about this two studies ago in the ancient culture. If you murdered someone intentionally, the closest relative had the responsibility to hunt you down and kill you. Amen. He said, yep. I'm like, yep. Yep. That's right. If the murderer or the murder was unintentional, then you could run to the city of refuge or one of the six cities of refuge in Numbers 35 nine through something talks about the six cities of refuge. The city of refuge was a safe place, a protective place until the case could be heard in a proper court and determined guilty or innocent. So the woman said, King, the avenger of blood are already looking for them. Please stop them before they kill my son. Well, in verse 11, as the Lord lives, not one hair of your son shall fall to the ground, David said. This is exactly what Joab and the woman wanted to hear. Because David is guaranteeing safety at the expense of justice. David is putting safety over the law of God, but he's the king. Keep in mind, when Nathan came to David with the story about the little ewe lamb, David wanted justice. David said, the man that has stole that little ewe lamb, taken that little ewe lamb, shall be surely put to death, which wasn't fair. Because the law said, if you stole, you are to repay fourfold. David said, he shall surely be put to death and he shall pay fourfold. But David said, look, he's going to pay fourfold and kill him. That's a little harsh. David fully believed this woman, and their and their stories are so similar. David is emotionally involved here, so he totally believed her. For he engaged and he involved. He's so involved in his story for many reasons. One, she's old. You wouldn't think a nice old lady would lie. <laughs> Amen. She was a widow. She had on mourning clothes, which kind of heightened the drama. 
She lived a distance from Jerusalem, so David couldn't really verify the facts of her case. So she got David wrapped around her old finger. While she has his attention, she says, uh, one more thing, verse 12. She said, why, verse 13, have you schemed against God's people? Because right now you're talking out of both sides of your mouth. You are guilty in that you won't bring your own son home. She said, King David, you're being hypocritical. What about Absalom, your own son, who is banished from his home? Here you are offering my son clemency, who is guilty of murder, and you're refusing to give your own son clemency and bring him home. She says, King, Absalom is the heir to the throne, and if you don't do this right, it's going to affect the whole nation. This is the point that Joab wanted to get across to the king. And I don't know, listen, if verse 14 was the woman's thoughts, Or was it Joab's thought? Uh, We do know it was the Holy Spirit's thought because we have it here in the scripture. Verse 14 is, I said I like this, I said I like that scripture. Verse 14 is profound. It's profound. Look at it. For we will surely die and become like water spilled on the ground which cannot be gathered up again. Yet God does not take away life, but he devises means so that his banished ones are not expelled from him. Now, several things to learn from this one verse. First of all, she says, for we will surely die. If God tarries, we will die. That's a fact. We will all die. Someday, we're all going to die. Death is a part of life. And that's hard to accept. It really is. Um, it's hard to accept. I mean... You know, I, I, I told you, I, I visit with babies coming into the world. Mommy just had a baby. I go up to the hospital to pray for the baby. And you got to think, the first breath the baby takes, he breathes in life. The next breath the baby takes, he breathes in death. He's on his way to death. Death is a part of life. This woman said, for we will surely die. Then she also said, we are as water spilled on the ground that can never be recaptured. Now, that is an incredibly profound statement. She said, David, everybody dies. This woman is a wise woman because she's speaking of, you got your pen? She's speaking of the urgency of reconciliation. The urgency of reconciliation. In other words, everybody's going to die someday and you don't want them to die and not having said what needed to be said or treated them in a way that you would regret. Let me tell you something. I can always tell when someone passes and someone is crying, sobbing uncontrollably. We've been, I don't know if we've all been a funeral like that, but I have, where people are literally trying to get in the coffin. You ever been a funeral? I'm, no, you ain't leaving me. No, you ain't going. I'm going with you. I'm going with you. They're trying to get in the coffin and carry the givers. And it's like, wow. You know what that is? That is Regret. That is an individual that has said something or done something or treated that person in a way that they now regret. And because that person has died and they can't have an opportunity to talk to them, they can't have an opportunity to take it back. That person is now grieving beyond 
being controlled. That's what that is. That person is living in regret. That's why Jesus said in Matthew 18, 15, Jesus said, moreover, if your brother sins against you, go and tell him his sin, his fault between you and him alone. And if he hears you, you've gained your brother. The woman is saying, David, when you die, there's no do overs. There's no opportunity to regather and redo the things that have been done or undo some things that have been done. Where y'all at tonight? Or undo some things that have been done. There's no opportunity for that. There's no, the death ends the opportunity. Death ends the opportunity of showing kindness and, and showing grace and showing forgiveness and love and It ends the opportunity to say things that need to be said. Listen, let me tell you, let me be the first to tell you, it is important to treat people the way you want to be treated. What do kids say? Real talk? Real talk. It is important to treat people the way you want to be treated. Because when they die, all the things that you could have said, but you didn't say, come back like a flood. And you wish you could have a do-over. It's important to treat people kindly. Honestly, I've always said this. I've said this to my wife and, and to my children. I don't want to live my life with regrets. I do not want to be the old guy. I thought I was going to be the old guy on the porch with the big afro and and just sitting there like old and like just whatever. But I'm not going to have the afro, but I will be the old guy probably, Lord Terry. And I want to be sitting there thinking, you know, I should have, could have, would have, should have did this, should have said that, should have loved them more, should have treated them more kindly, should have spoken to them, should have told my kids I love them more, should have should have served the Lord more, should have committed to the kingdom of God more, should have given my heart to Jesus more. I don't want to be that guy. I don't want to be the guy to sit back and live with regrets. Therefore, every day I make it my purpose to live my life with purpose. And that includes treating people like they, I want to be treated. That is, includes loving people when it's hard to love some folk. Sheep are hard to love. Some of y'all, y'all working my nerves. Some of y'all, it's hard. Somebody once said, sheep got sharp teeth. They're not Lambo, they're Rambo. Lambo. (laughs) It's hard. It's hard because, but you got to love them. You got to love them. Because you don't want to. You don't want to regret. You know, a lady told me a long time ago, I will never forget this. She told me that when her husband passed and he passed at a very young age, she was about 26, 27 years old. And she told me that she didn't, regret um, the time she had with him that because she loved him forever and her forever 
This is probably one of the most profound things I think I've ever heard from an individual who has lost someone. She said their forever, her forever, was the seven years that they were married. He died of a car accident. And she said, that was my forever. And I loved him for that amount of time that God gave us. And I don't have any regrets. And when he passed, um, it didn't destroy her life. It didn't, she then hid herself in Christ. Is it okay? And then I came along. That's why I had to ask her, was it okay? <laughs> yeah. I, I will never forget. I don't even know if I ever told you that. I will never, I, I, that I will never forget. It's probably the most profound thing anybody's ever said to me in this life about someone that they had lost. And that she doesn't even remember where he's buried. Now keep in mind that's 40 plus years ago now. Because we've been married 33 years. So that was 26. Yeah. So life is like that. Life is like water spilt on the ground. Once you spill the water, you can't suck it back up. That's why you got to live your life and treat people the way you want to be treated. And don't, don't um, live your life with any regrets. Love people while they're here. Listen, if there's some kind of rift between you and that person there, make that right. Especially like with a mother, a father. It's not worth it because when they're not here, you can't tell them. And I can guarantee you that will eat you alive. It will. That's why you don't live with regrets. That's why Jesus said, go to your brother and go to them quickly. So it's for your health. It's not for them. Whether they forgive you or not, who cares? Are y'all hearing me tonight? Y'all sleep. Who cares? If they forgive you or not, who cares? I'm not asking you to forgive me because I care whether you forgive me or not. I'm asking you to forgive me because I want to be a healthy Christian. And I want to live my life the way Jesus tells me to live my life. And I want to be the man of God that God called me to be. And I don't want anything to hinder that. The woman says to David, David, the opportunity for restoration is fleeting. Sometimes you got to seize it, David. You can't have any do-over. It's like water that's gone. The urgency of reconciliation. God doesn't take away life, but he devises means. There's another statement I like. He devises means so that the banished ones are not expelled from him. Now, this is the place where you find the gospel in the Old Testament. Forgiveness is not cheap, it's costly, but he devises means. This woman said, David, 
This is the kind of God who makes things possible. For those who are banished not to be expelled from him, David should know because he committed two capital crimes, murder and adultery. David should have put to death, been put to death. But 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 David realized that God was gracious. And this statement should have hit David between the eyes to receive his son back. Listen, saints, we worship a God who devises means that banished evicted, dejected people don't have to be cast away. Am I right about it? And how's that happen? And how's that happen? How's that happen? It happens through Jesus. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no man can come to the Father but by me. That way that we find to the presence of God is through Jesus Christ. He's devised a way. And I can't help but know, and then we're going to move on. Adam was banished from the garden. But God devised the means so that Adam would not be expelled from him. But could spend eternity with God. And that mean, and that means was again through Jesus Christ who died on the cross. Don't forget, it was Jesus who stood in the place of the guilty sinner as he hung on the cross and received the punishment that we deserved. Am I right about it, saints? Well, in verse 15 through 17, the woman is buttering David up. She said, thank you for delivering me from the people who are going to harm me and my son. Your words are comforting to my soul. As the angel of God, God bless you. Okay. So the woman asked something of David in verses 18 through 24 It's David's turn to ask something of the woman. Look at verse 18. Then the king, you looking at verse 18? Say, I'm looking at it. Well, then the king answered and said to the woman, please do not hide from me anything that I ask. And the woman said, please let my Lord, the king speak. And so the king said, is the hand of Joab with you in all this? <laughs> you and Joab in cahoots. Huh? And the woman answered and said, As you live, my lord the king, no one can turn to the right hand or to the left from anything that my lord the king has spoken. For your servant Joab commanded me, and he put all these words in my mouth of your maid servant. Well, she just kind of, she blabbed it all. She spilt the beans. She said, I'm going to tell it all. He put the words in my mouth to bring about this change of affairs. Your servant Job, Joab has done this thing. But my Lord is wise according to the wisdom of the angel of God to know everything that is in the earth. And the king said to Joab, all right, I've granted this thing. Go, therefore, bring back the young man Absalom. Then Joab fell to the ground on his face and bowed himself and thanked the king. And Joab said, today your servants know that I have found favor in your sight. My lord, O king, in that the king has fulfilled the request of his servant. And so Joab arose and he went to Gersher and he brought Absalom to Jerusalem. And the king said, let, his return to his, let him return to his own house. Verse 24 is pretty fascinating. Let him return to his own house. But do not let him see my face. So Absalom returned to his own house, but did not see the king's face. Stop right there, saints. David said, my turn. David is going to ask the woman, is Joab's hand 
involved in this, of course. David said, this smells fishy. I know the smell of that general. The woman said, as you live, my lord, the king, no one can turn to the right or to the left from anything whom the king has spoken for your servant. Joab put me up to this. He put the words in my mouth. He put a held a gun to my back to bring about a change in your relationship with your son. That's why, David, you are wise according to the wisdom of an angel to know everything. In verse 21, Joab must have been standing there looking guilty. The king said to Joab, all right. I've granted this thing. I gave pardon to her son, but I haven't given pardon to my own son. Okay, y'all got me. Bring back Absalom. You would think that David would get on his horse and get on his chariot and go get his son, wouldn't you? Remember, he hadn't seen him in how many years? Uh, So he sends Joab. Now that's telling. Joab fell to the ground, bowed himself, thanked the king, and said, Today your servants know that I have found favor in your sight because the king has fulfilled the request of his servants. So Joab went to Gersher and he brought Absalom to Jerusalem. And David said, Let him go to his own house, but I don't want to see his face. So Absalom went to his own house, but he did not see the king's face. Now listen, remember, the sword shall never depart from David's house. It's continuing. David knows it's right to bring Absalom back, but David is under so much conviction, he won't even talk to him. David is probably still hurting really bad to know one son is killed, the other one is is coming back, and his daughter is still hurt, and David is probably hurt. But I'll tell you something about David, and I've said this before. David is a man after God's own heart, but he's still a man. Somebody once said, God's men are men at best. God's men are men at best. David is very tender, very emotional. So he finds out his son killed his other son, and he does nothing. And now his son is home after three years, and David doesn't want to see him. This whole scene reminds me of the parable of the prodigal son. You know the story, don't you? Many consider the parable of the prodigal son the greatest story ever told. Barring the Easter story. Uh, Certainly, uh, it's one of the most familiar stories ever told. A father, you know, had two sons, and one of them wanted their inheritance, which was like saying, Dad, I wish you were dead. Give me the insurance money. He takes his portion of the insurance, and he wasted in party living. You know the story. The son finally realized that when the money runs out, the friends run out. The son realized that life, you know, uh, life being on your own costs money. The son realized everything that he enjoyed at home for free costs money. The son got out there and realized that cable costs money. Soap costs money. Where my parents at? Food costs money. Heat and cool air costs money. Electric bill does not pay itself. Well, the Bible says while the son was eating pig slop, something amazing happened. He came to his senses. You know what? Isn't that how it works? When you pay your own bills, all of a sudden you come to your senses, don't you? When they in your house, they leave the refrigerator open. 
Leave the, put the air on high. Leave the windows open. Leave the front door open. Don't sweep the floor. Leave leave stuff in the sink. Don't even clean behind, clean up the dishes behind themselves. Man, when they get, the, I've seen it happen. You get their own apartment. They're like, oh, you got to leave your shoes on the outside of the door. You can't, oh, you can't come up in here with no shoes on. No, we don't do that. Well, when the dolls changes. You know, I start speaking in Elizabethan English when that happens. When did a style changeth? How is that happeneth? Thou wasn't liketh that at my hometh. Thou art a different person. It's true. He came to his senses, the Bible tells us, almost like waking, waking up from a bad dream. And I like to point this out. He didn't join a I left the good life for the bad life self-help group. He didn't seek to repair his inner child. He didn't blame his dad or his mom or his family or friends or even blame, blame the pigs. He finally woke up and saw things as they really were and he went back to his father. Listen close. It wasn't the badness of his life that brought him to his senses. It was the goodness of his father. Please get this from that story because people Butcher that story and it drives me nuts. Okay, I'm back. It wasn't the badness of his life that brought him to his senses. It was the goodness of his father. He realized how good he had it with his father. And this is consistent with scriptures. Romans chapter 2 verse 4 says, Or do you despise the riches of his goodness, forbearance, and longsuffering? Not knowing that the, y'all come on read it with me. The goodness of God leads you to repentance. You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch and Calvary Chapel Cary, located in Apex, North Carolina. Join Pastor Rodney Monday through Friday at this same time. For information regarding service times, you can contact us at 1-800-293-0923. That's 1-800-293-0923. You may listen to today's broadcast in its entirety by visiting the Media Library on our website at cccarry.org. We would like to thank you for tuning in to Salt and Light and pray that you have been blessed. Until next time, may you be salt and light.